Where am I? In the village. What do you want? Information. Whose side are you on? That would be telling. We want information. 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 Won't get it. By hook or by crook, we will. Who are you? The new number two. Who is number one? You are. Number six. I am not a number. I am a free man. <laughs> Oh, I, I wrote to you about good omens and how it's good and it's omens. And I would also, and um, so I'm, because it's Doctor Who month um, until tomorrow, and I'm steeped in Doctor Who at the moment. We've been watching old ones. We've been watching new That's ones. So we've nice. been watching all these special BBC programs and old companions meeting older doctors and not the actors, the actual characters. meet. And it's, oh, it's heartwarming. I had a bit of a beef. In any case, it was gorgeous. So there's all of that. Plus, I'm nothing. I'm wallowing deep in Tenant because we've been doing Good Omens as well. And we're doing Staged, uh, which I... Have you seen Staged? Oh, haven't. Oh, no. Is it good? I'm glad, Jimmy, because um, I feel quite embarrassed about being ridiculous. Like, not ridiculously, but, you know, three years behind. But it came out at the you know during the, the the lockdown and it's about the lockdown really so it's such a time capsule and it was also kind of made to be watched during the lockdown to keep people sane so watching it now it makes me really appreciate that it's not lockdown uh, and that like you know life has got back to normal and and everything but it's so that's one interesting aspect but ultimately it's great it's the trip but they don't go anywhere in fact, because it's all on Zoom, uh, so it's kind of the anti-trip. Uh, it's really good. It's okay, it, I, I uh, we've almost finished it. I mean, it's three seasons, and it's six or six six episodes, eight episodes, six episodes. But it's like twenty minutes, and then fifteen minutes in the second season, and then twenty in the third. And so we're just going through it like two a night, basically. Just really, it's really easy to watch. Yeah, it's actually hard to only do two a night. It's so That's lovely. Wonderful. Yeah, but and then doing good omens at the same the time. That's the trip's on my face yeah. in the whole world. So that's really lovely. So And doing good omens at the same time is so wonderful because you really appreciate Michael Sheen in that how much of a chameleon he is. Uh, it's great. Like, yeah, his whole face is different. Tennant's great, but he is always Tennant. I mean, he's a fantastic actor, but he is always Tennant. Uh, but Sheen isn't. Um, and it's, it's yeah, it's it's lovely. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say, and I highly recommend it. And I do recommend Good Omens highly as well. And spoiler, John Hamm's in it. And as you know, we finished Mad Men recently. So watching him having fun is wonderful as well. Yeah, so great. So there you are, Jimmy. Ooh. Ooh, now, without anything else... Um, the hamster. Uh, shall we jump straight in, son? How about an introduction? How about one of those, Sheppy? Well, let's let's do it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Shoulders of Blooming Giants. I've added a new word for the... It's good. It was good. Space. I liked it. <laughs> uh, I'm Jimmy. Hello, I am Sheppy. And we are the What If podcast for movie sequels, prequels, 
and spin-offs, etc., new seasons. But, but not today. That's not today. Old <laughs> out of nowhere. Because I haven't listened to any for ages, so I don't know where that came from. But yes, Jimmy, I'm right. <laughs> not today. Because yes, we are continuing with our prisoner experiment, uh, which is really just wonderful. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it very much. And again, just being able to do, you know, release little episodes of our pod without lots and lots of preparation and just like jumping in is just a little treat so keeping the ball in the air the rover in the air so yes yes jimmy a thousand times so uh what episodes are we going to be uh talking about today i understand that we have uh in our agenda dance of the dead checkmate and hammer into anvil I hope I'm right. Otherwise, it'll be a you are right. short pod. Lovely. <laughs> um, so it's episode eight. Oh, well, just again, uh, we say this every episode, but it's it's worth saying. Um, so this is episode eight, but technically it's episode seven, Dance of the Dead, because uh, the pilot we are calling episode one, but everything else is calling episode zero. But we're saying the pilot is episode one. Therefore, this is episode eight, Dance of the Dead, Jimmy. Um I, I I notice little things every time I watch the intro. Um, and one little observation about the intro of The Prisoner, I'm just going to shout out. Usually, you know, low angle is used to show, you know, uh, someone in strength or power or that sort of thing. Uh, but when he's clomping down that hallway to his boss's office and he bursts in like a crack of thunder, uh, it's a high angle, um, which, again, it just it, it works. It shouldn't. Uh, but it's great and it's just i don't know the whole show is uh skew if and askew conventions and it just sort of sums it up really well so nice i just like that yes yes and also it's very clever editing and cutting where he's going into shadow and out of shadow and into shadow wonderful so there you are um one more thing uh a female number two which is wonderful yeah. An evil pixie, I've oh, written in my notes. This is such and a one... shit this. It's unbelievable. They all are, really, because there's always this sort of person in all of them. But yeah, uh, unlike so many number twos, this one, correct me if I'm wrong, but she never loses control. You've got a lot of like sweaty, close to breaking point, panicking number twos, but not her. Uh, and spoiler, she totally wins. Um I can only assume she gets promoted and and has a cushy job somewhere else because, I mean, she's she's done her job. She hasn't been like liquidated or something. So good for her. Uh, yes. Um, so there you and go. her assistant Sheppy as well. She's got mm. a cat assistant going on, so it's double yes. Sheppy time. Or even a partner, frankly. Yeah. What a double act. Uh, first scene straight in with some more drugging of number six while he's in bed. Uh, mm. straight away poor old yeah. number six um, and also one other thing I liked about the beginning is the first scene it's like a bond uh, the first scene it's almost like the end of a previous adventure or a previous episode because it's like he's already he's being hypnotized again he's got his old friend who's been drugged up and pulled out of hospital and he's doing this stuff and then pixie number two bursts in and is like stop this shit immediately and it's like she interrupts another episode's plot to shake things up and she's like no 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 uh which i like that and she's immediately shown as being really chilled out and cool and she's like we mustn't break him we must win him which is pretty cool um 
And one other quick observation, number six at some point says he's new here. Now, you have made an observation that I agree with via text, but so we'll talk about that, but also uh, it could just be time fuckery, time has no meaning on you know in the village and all of that. But what was your theory? Because I, I think you're absolutely correct. I just feel like it had a real second episode vibe to the mm. whole thing in terms of his confidence in the place. Like he's sort of, it almost feels like he's testing the beach and when he sprints on the beach near the beginning of the episode as well. And it feels yeah. a bit more like an episode two type. It really does. Well, and yeah, I had another note somewhere down here. We've already mentioned it. that um, they did probably mess around. I'm sure they did mess around with it. Some of the earlier episodes, like Chimes of Big Ben, he gets off the, you know, he gets out of the village. Um, and well, so, yeah, and also many happy returns. He gets off the, gets out of the village. Uh, and you would think, and we mentioned that before, you would think those would perhaps be later episodes and not have him actually technically get out so so soon so yes this would make much more sense as an episode two certainly and i have a theory i mean star trek the original is the same like the order is really fucked up for the first few episodes it's really stupid um and you know show things shown out of air date and all sorts of weird things like that um my one thought is that he's told at some point it's number six and now everyone on the outside world thinks he's dead and so if he then, if that was episode two, which again would make sense, but then he get, does get out, he does meet people, some of whom apparently are in cahoots with the village, but others who he meets in London are not. So maybe that's another reason this was moved to later, because if he's told, you know, because otherwise he knows that people do know that he's alive. And it's very, very demoralizing to know people aren't looking for you and all of that. So maybe that's a total guess, but that's a, a theory why this was moved yeah I, I i hear you and that was it that was the second thing that idea of them like altering that body because it would be sort of almost first first move from the from the uh from from the, the the powers number one and two and i wondered as well with this sort of i wondered is that the first intro we've had to these sort of boundaries at the town hall and stuff like when he tries yeah. to step into it and it all crackles yeah and, you know and I'd it's not... a force field or something yeah. and they they make reference to the town hall being alive it's like the fucking tardis um <laughs> so yeah that's interesting sentient buildings um which i'm not sure they ever mention again or if there's ever a force field again honestly but yeah fascinating um <laughs> I made a note here around, and I think I've got it wrong because I just then watching the um, Hammer Anvil, it's the same phones there, but I don't remember the phones being three different ones, red, yellow, green, but maybe they always are. Mm. They just notice. No, it, I don't know. Then, I mean, it, they're always changing things around in, in the, the village and in number two's room. So, yeah, you know, it have got a wonderful one shot where the cat kind of walks between the phones as well. It doesn't quite knock them over, which made me really happy. Oh, and that was that's good. good. I wonder if that was a fluke or if that was take 28,000. <laughs> uh, I love that. One thing I, I wrote here, uh, second appearance of the black cat. However, of course, if this was the second episode, then this would be the first appearance of the black cat, meaning when he does get off uh, for, I guess, many happy returns. He, he sees the black cat so in that respect that would change their relationship because number six would be like oh fuck you i'm gonna leave you on the island then 
so that would that would explain why we didn't really care too much about that. But yeah, second appearance of the black cat now as a mainliner, uh, meaning like a headliner. I've written. Um, oh, and one little observation: more forced duality uh, with the parade again, just like going around in this tight circle, making a mockery of free, uh, free spirited fun um, with this like sort of you know march and stuff. And another thing I liked was you instantly meet this girl, uh, not number two, but the other girl in the village. And you instantly, of course, wonder, is she a spy? Can she be trusted? Because no one else can be trusted who we've met, who number six takes a fancy to. Um, but then six is cock blocked by Rover when he tries to follow the girl. Um, and then the whole sentient town hall. Um, and then... But we're all like, oh, is she? Is she not? Oh, I don't know if I trust her. But then we're basically told immediately that she is part of the village, of course, which is nice. And she's his observer. And actually, it's fairly straightforward. It's like there aren't lies within lies. What we're told straight away is basically the case. She is his observer. There's no double twist or anything. And it makes sense that number two doesn't want them to talk because she's meant to be the observer. Uh, so that's nice. And I also really like the maid who is not a cat lover. No, no. And I like, I, I put here, like there's, uh, there's actually a lot of female sort of supporting characters at the beginning here. One of them yeah. even giving him some milk and, and sort of looking after him very brusquely. And it yeah. sort of reminded me of Basil Fawlty and the Germans. I sort of felt like <laughs> it had that in My there. My God, you're time. ugly. <laughs> yeah, had a bit of that going on, which really made me yeah. happy. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And one uh, early observation here, Sheppy, is just uh, the enunciation, enunciation, enunciation. <laughs> this one is amazing. Like, I've put at least three as we go, but like it, at the beginning, he says that he's independent, but like with a capital T, like it's amazing nice. at the end of independent. I've never That's heard brilliant. that before. <laughs> um, it's really, really wonderful. And uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Um, six asks uh, practical questions, which I also like. Like, where does the milk and the ice cream and the aspirin come from mm. at night? And then he says a cool line: "I've never seen a night; I just sleep," uh, which I really like. And it's true because he's fucking drugged every night. It's good, he is drugged every night. So, but even without that, it's a cool night. I've never seen a night I just sleep. I like that line very much, actually. Um, and then he tries to smother his TV with a pillow, which I also respect. Nice. Mad bastard. I bloody love number six. I swear to God. Um, I wrote here, but we found out, of course, my notes as I went along. Is Black Cat a spy or does he really have free reign of the village? Does he genuinely like number six? Probably. Number six is deaf a cat man. <laughs> so these are all my sort of chain of thought as I as I was watching uh, oh and there's a beautiful rover shot with the sunrise over the sea uh, every now and again it's like there's like a Terence Malick-esque shot um, and it's yeah it's wonderful so this is one of one of those cases it's safe to assume that, it, that like 80% of all the episodes are directed by McGowan um, I'm sure there must be official ways of finding this out pretty easily but yeah, every time someone, <clears throat> every time it's a director called Patrick or Pad or Paddy or Pat, then you're like, right. But then also George Markinson, I think is the name of script editor. And that's McGowan. I think it's just all McGowan. Um, so, so yeah, so good for him. 
Uh, oh yeah, and another washed up body on beach moment for Jimmy, I wrote, after your, uh, not sure, your, your questioning as to the logistical probabilities of bodies and unconscious people being washed up in one piece. Uh, in this case, I guess he was dead, but there I'm you are. Happy, that was, that happy, nice. happy at the uh, accuracy, Sheppy. Very happy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh, nice to see a town crier. Uh, you don't see those too often these days. And he wrote, he says, uh, carnival tonight, there will be dancing, music, happiness by order, which uh, I, I also quite like uh, no. a lot. <laughs> All of the women, by the way, are highly sexual in this show, but this episode especially, like you mentioned, all the ones before, but everyone is crackling with sexual energy. Uh, it's it's right there. Not just the women either. We mentioned Simon McCorkintail number 12, I think, recently, but still, it's all there. Everyone, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. Um, there was also a really good line when number two is talking about six and he's talking, she's talking about six to someone and she says, he's an individual. They're, they are always trying, meaning trying, meaning like trying my patience, but also it's good, meaning yeah, it's a bit of a damp for the count. But yeah, they're always trying, these individuals. Um, I like that. And also direct to the show's point. It's on the nose, but not in a bad way, uh, which I like. Um, and the a woman, uh, number 240, I think, says to number six, uh, oh, you're a wicked man. You won't be helped. You ruin everything for everyone else. And I like this. It's because, again, she doesn't have an alternative ulterior motive. She's like, it's just nice to see the world from the other side's point of view. She's like, why are you doing this? This is such a nice place. Jimmy was right. Sit down and have some toast. Uh, and I <laughs> I like that as well. Like, oh, God, why don't you just fucking conform? And, you know, it's like... Did you want to retire? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's such a lovely place. Um, shows further uh, that the other world, uh, like... Um, everyone other than six they're not like just acting and they're not just there and i said it before but it, it goes into this again like they're not just there for number six's benefit he has entered their world uh and the world has not been constructed around him and again we're, we're told this constantly and i i like it mm. uh it, it makes it more creepy um that it's real as it were yeah um and there's this nasty woman and the nice woman. And the nice woman's like, shall I watch number 34? Yeah, the watcher woman is like, shall I watch number 34 instead? And then the nasty one says, no, he's dead. It's like a bit, bit brutal and mean and cruel and abrupt. Um, so that's nice. And another sort of amazing look into the staff's lives. It's like upstairs, downstairs. And you, I like the little peeks you get into the politics and infighting and just the relationships behind the scenes of the yeah. staff, uh, which I like. Um, so again, I, I'm just jumping in here, but I'm, I'm jumping no, in as well. I like it. I like your chain of thought, and I can't like. I, I'll, I'll, I'll just spin through. I haven't got as many notes this time. Well, to be fair, actually, Dance the Dead have probably got the most on, but I'll come back and I'll just see if there's any extra bullets. Well, why don't you I'm jump in, buddy? You. I don't want it to be top heavy. Let's hear no, what no. You no. Say. Well, uh, okay. Well, I don't think it's just up to this point. I think uh, we got it with the sleep with the capital P. I put the. Um, the, I love, well, we're kind of here, actually, this idea of 
my <laughs> my he gets given his own suit as a costume and uh, specially mm. delivered for the occasion. And he, I've never heard a capital N before. I can't do it. <laughs> do it it's amazing. Like this whole yeah. I haven't done enunciation for all the episodes, Sheffy, but this one particularly yes. for whatever reason, his voice, the timber of his voice, it was just perfect. Yeah. But um, it's great. Yeah. I've written that as well. Well, I've written Tux versus Peter Pan, but it is very Batman Returns. Like everyone is in fancy dress in the masquerade ball, and him and Selena, Bruce and Selena, are wearing you know their tux and their nice dress. And it's the same with number six um, as well. It's like yeah, which is cool. Uh, and again, uh, the, at the end, well, not the very end, but uh, the tuxedo. He's in and she's Peter Pan. And it's this amazingly well shot scene on the beach with reflections and sun. And then she says as Peter Pan, I am your world, which is a pan thing, but also it's, it's kind of hardcore. Yeah. And then she says, uh, tonight's for dancing, amongst other things. And like, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, sex, torture, both three exclamation marks, capital letters. Um <laughs> The dance fancy dress is a feast for the eyes. So many wonderful characters and costumes. I actually, I, I sacrificed my concentration on listening to what was actually happening because I was deliberately looking at every single costume in the background and just watching all of the, not extras, but all of the background people. Um, there's a cowboy woman dancing with an Indian. It's Cleopatra. There's Caesar dancing with Elizabeth I, who was also the maid. Um, loads uh, there was um, like a Heidi type uh, number six of course oh yeah then number six just pops on top of his tuxedo a white lab coat dons some specs and is instantly in the perfect disguise and his tux is still very very prominent <laughs> it's like the bow tie and the jacket and the shirt is still right there but no look it's, it's he's he's incognito as fuck so I respect that as well. He looks so um, good in a tux, did he, McGurry? He looks awesome, I thought. Mentioned really before, good. but he was under serious consideration to be Bond in Doctor No, yeah. uh, but he turned it down because um, he didn't like Bond's relationship with women. So yeah. there you go. But yeah, he does look fucking good in a tux. Oh, and then he says, number six says up to someone else about number two. Like someone says to him something like, number two is looking for you. And he says, I'll be seeing her, uh, which is great. Uh, I'll be seeing her, uh, which is nice. Uh, more about the great lighting, so well shot, great angles and long shots. Uh, and Oh, and then finally, Cat, another betrayal. And then number six, never trust a woman, even four-legged variety, which is great. I wrote so, that one down too. I love that line. <laughs> and and uh, number two to number six about six's uh, perceived death by the outside world she says uh, a small confirmation of a known fact which is again fucking hardcore i really like that uh oh it's not quite the end because also i wrote uh, in the trial uh what i also like is number two is defending number six while the nice lady observer is the prosecution, which is obviously mm. another skew if it's not what you would expect, which is yeah. cool. Um, oh, and Dutton, the the old friend of number six, yeah. um, he he's great. But then he turns up and he's he's so lovely. But he turns up uh, at the end in the extra indignity. He's been dressed up as a jester and he's gone full lobotomy and is just totally fucked. And it's like, oh no, poor old Dutton. Uh, so that's quite tragic. It really is, man. I love it. I love it. I just 
circling back i love the whole um the bit where they're in the cave together and yeah. life ring shenanigans i've just put here like you know um, mm. uh, but just getting into that cave i don't i don't like the score over that bit to start with because it's a oh. big panther movie with this sort of like sex oh. me. that's just a subjective thing but that's valid, valid. Similar problem with hammer and anvil they, they slip into pink panther a bit that too but, <laughs> but that's peter seller's fault not not mcgoon's fault <laughs> but um and 67 this may have been before pink panther we might have to do our research there certainly i think it probably is yeah there you go Um, i'm not (laughs) but that's valid you're right i mean it does interesting things with music let's put it that way um but yes i just love the gravitas between the two of them in that cave with like him just going still hope and dutton just says no my friend not for me and i love the way he delivers that it was really nice and uh yeah after number six meets another old friend in i think the first episode with paul eddington and eddington turns out to be a cunt so it's nice that this guy dutton is on the up and up as well which makes it even more tragic of course but yeah yeah because that's it you don't know who to trust no one knows who to trust and that can be your downfall um so yeah there's also a nice spies like us moment where number six is walking away calmly from the crowd and then he just breaks into a leg and runs and breaks the spell and the hordes suddenly of deranged costume folk start like chasing after him which again is scary but again it's like that sort of like just whistling and walking away and they're all just watching and he's like and runs and then they all chase him that's great it would have been oh, amazing to do a little pastiche on this this show like back in the day that would have been very funny to see chevy right um, uh, but you can't pastiche something like this because it's already got so many layers yeah to sort of be like oh it knows what it's doing um it's already pastiching itself you know that that True. walking away calmly it's you know it knows what it's doing um and then running and everything so yeah um also um that the being chased by the hordes of course it makes me realize that your you know your stepdad ian was right he mentioned his richard lester this is nothing but hard days night um right away so yeah so that's that's lovely. really cool i hadn't even really thought of that i was saying they were free for all as well honestly so yeah yeah pure a slow burn ending i wrote but listen if you start talking and you see that i've opened my mouth to talk just finish finish the sentence Um, but a slow burn ending okay not um a slow burn ending uh not a smack to the face as often the shows end but um but a sort of a a sort of a nightmare of laughter and mockery which is in a way is worse and also again another flip six says to two you'll never win and two says then how uncomfortable for you old chap ha 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 uh and number two 100 wins so that's everything i've got for that episode such an enigmatic line to end on isn't it from her it's so cool i i thought i wrote that one down too i just thought it was wonderful and um yeah. i I'll just quickly going in reverse anything extra for me like i felt it was real wicker man vibes as well as lester vibes i guess that that sentencing and the chase and like just the whole thing there and 
I've just yeah. put as well with my ongoing sort of trope of like, would I have survived the island or would I be having a cup of tea and toast? But um, I, I'd never have found that hatch in the floor that he does during the chase at the end. Ever. And then uh, Dutt and the Jester flipping heck. Uh, during the defence, has anyone ever seen these rules with a capital <laughs> L? The big rolled R, amazing. Um, <laughs> costume ball trial is spectacular. It could have been could have been ridiculous, but is super sinister and brilliant. Great wrinkle during the dead body to make it look like him. Said, yeah, never trust a woman even for Lego. We've done that since the war <laughs> at the costume party. Since the war, before the war, which war? With a capital W, amazing. <laughs> um, I love how hostile his number two is. I think they refer to the cat assistant as she's very efficient, sometimes ruthless. <laughs> the cat, that's amazing. Um, I think that's probably everything I had for this one, Sheppy. That's great. And a wonderful Wickerman observation. Of course, you're right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Wonderful. So, all right. So, jumping straight in then. Uh, next episode, uh, Checkmate, which is great. Yes. Uh, straight away, um, comment uh, which was made between me and Marta just watching the intro. Uh, he's not perfect, number six. He makes mistakes, uh, which is a valid point, and it's, it's true. Number two, Peter fucking Wingard. Amazing. I've mentioned it many times. I've seen this show a bunch, but I always forget loads. And I always forget that Peter Wingard is in it. Wow, lovely. Clytus, for one thing, but also many, many things has Wingard done and been in, and many people too. So good for him. Uh, so that's always a lovely treat, seeing him. And he's got a wonderful voice as well. He so does. that's great. He's got uh, the village staff as well, I thought, in this one. It was just, uh, yes. just appropriately positioned beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> the village um, is very, the whole community is very well versed when they hear fucking Rover coming along. Everyone gets right out of the way and freezes and holds position to you know, give him a wide berth, um, which is nice. The, the big, big uh, human chess game. Uh, which again is, is so on the nose but it yeah it totally works and the woman the queen she says i am the queen would you like to be the queen's pawn crackling magooin up to his old tricks uh, <laughs> so that's great uh the woman uh, to who number six talks of um the cult of the individual uh the woman um says uh, the cult of the individual again what a statement uh that, that's great the giant uh, chess game was uh, wonderful straight off the bat at the beginning. Intense and insanely jarring editing uh, and angles and shots. And it was all very mesmerizing. Agreed. And he's very, he's sort of quite static. And of course, he's a pawn on a square, right? But just even the, I mean, he's asking so many questions of the Queen as well as he's there. Yeah. And I've got this, I think it's the final enunciation thing, but just the role of the R's for the word from his inflections his roles going up at the end of most words Amazing. um so yeah good. but even in here no, with stuff he's got his eyes that are starting the whole time as he's kind of asking the questions i really appealed to me a lot I really yeah it's just yeah. like i've said here I just want to be him. I want to move like him. I want to speak mm. like him. Jeppy, <laughs> he's 40 in this. May have been 39 when it was filmed or whatever, but 
Right. We are never going to be him. We are well older than him now. And You've got such an obsession with growing old, man. Don't worry about it. Really. Well, I just want to be uh, him, is all I'm saying. Like, I've, I've lost the opportunity. You haven't, you haven't passed the mark of being number six. You've still got plenty of time. <laughs> um, the giant chess game, um, I also do really like a lot. And the line, you have to learn to distinguish from the blacks and the whites. And as he said that, I thought, well, that's great meaning, of course, you know, goodies and baddies. But also, I suddenly realised that, every, you know, number six's uniform, he's wearing black and white, um, which is just stark and cool, but also it works in that perspective if you choose to read into it. Um, number two um, brings six behind the scenes to show him that, you know, them fucking with someone else, which I thought was interesting as well. Hey, look at this guy who we're fucking with. Uh, with the electric shock and you know the water and the hypnotism and stuff, which again just bringing number six behind the scenes to to show him, hey, look, uh, I thought that was interesting and cool. Yeah, agreed, man. I love it, and that might I think also then my maybe my favorite thirty seconds of the prisoner so far is this word association that I do with him around that point too, and it ends up with the hope anchor, <laughs> hope anchor. <laughs> That's the pub I used to drink in. Really <laughs> really um, yeah, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> spy, provocateur. Um, anyway. Yes. Um, that, that's agent provocateur, which of course makes much more sense. But yes, I just had a sudden skyfall moment. Um, <laughs> you have to learn to distinguish black and white. Ba, ba, ba. Oh, yeah. And... Um, there's a line where number six uh, that they're talking someone says um they're, so they're showing the woman and you have to fall in love with number six and they're saying the lines and the line when they're showing the woman the pictures of number six and they're like you see the man on the screen isn't he handsome isn't he manly that just made me laugh manly and it also made me really happy the idea of mcguin sitting and writing that line with a little crooked smile um <laughs> made me happy as well <laughs> um and also so this woman who now has sort of well has fallen in love with number six she's losing her shit and she's like starts crying when he's like rejecting her. And he says another great line, a slight drizzle shan't wash away my doubt, which is uh, which is great. Nice. Uh, and another quick thing, um, um, some astonishing teeth cleaning by number six. I'm a big fan of teeth cleaning in films and TV, and I'm a big fan of everything number six does. And of course, it's furious teeth cleaning and by furious. I don't mean just the movement and energy. I mean, he's so angry. So that was great. He's awesome, man. I love him. I think um, I, I, I put a note here, Sheppy. Can you help me, maybe? I've just put great touch with the aerial prod through the tent. What did I mean there? Oh, I know exactly what you mean. It's because so the guy who is being hypnotized and electroshocked, uh, number six seeks him out and says let's build a radio and let's get the fuck out of here yeah. and he comes in and he prods him with this aerial that he collected <laughs> in a kind of a schoolboy kind of like oh it's but it's exactly like it. kind of risky this guy is like a step away from turning into a gibbering puddle of poo yeah. and like number six kind of like playfully like oh you thought you were fucked but it's only me uh, but yes <laughs> wonderful 
I love um, that's thank you, Sheppy. I love that because I take these notes quite quickly as a scribble as I'm watching. So well, I'll pause, but like still, even that doesn't save it from being incomprehensible to me afterwards. Um, the I uh, I just put it looks like a lovely day on the beach, and his whole interaction with her on the beach as well with the locket. Mm. You know, he's just he's actually not. He couldn't have been Bond in the way that he seduces women as well. He's not a smooth talker in number six. Like you know, he he gets very brusque very quickly. Maybe that's a good thing, but but it's just I the, don't think he would have played Bond like number six though. So we don't have to no, worry no, too that's much. Fair, about but that. I'm just saying more like his character is really funny. Like. He has to then be a little bit nurturing to try and take the locket off her. <laughs> and he just gives it the, I just want to look at it. Like, but he's really yeah. he's trying. He's <laughs> trying so much. But yeah, he's like, oh, he's on his best behavior, hanging on. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to split out of his skin. Uh, yes. Um, I, I've written too, actually. I like number six being nice to the loony woman. Um, and when she and he's trying to be jovial in, in number six's house, and she says, Can I see you again? And he says, Yes, I'm here all the time. What a wag, I wrote. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's nice. And yes, and also the locket photo is amazing that she has on number six. And I'm pretty sure it's a still from the intro when he's driving yeah. his car. <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing as well uh so yes the insane woman by the way that whole storyline correct me if i'm wrong i don't think it's ever resolved is it like do we ever you're right i don't think so she that... is yeah Crikey. i don't think so um so meaning she too like the radio man was indeed an innocent and not a collaborator and indeed the the guy radio man his own paranoia and lack of trust you know yes of course he, he thought number six was an image but, and that's again yeah like no one trusts anyone uh so that and you know we will be thinking number six don't trust him don't trust her but same thing vice versa so it's yes yeah, nice, yeah yeah nice. i love so i plan. like that the whole mayday plan is a good plan and it's it's basically i want to almost say it's as close as he's come to a degree only i know he's got to london a couple of times but or not once but you know but um but you know i feel like um you know the, the margins on this one were just as slim like it could have gone wrong for a number two there yeah. if he makes it on yeah. that boat really you know um yeah right that's and, uh, great i mean you must yes. have this as well Sheffy, somehow but that judo chop from yes. wingard as he's yes that's amazing it's I like a close-up while he's waiting to be briefed. It's always amazing. Well, whatever number two he doesn't want to be briefed. He's like, I don't. I told you, don't interrupt me. Yeah, he's, he, he's meditating. He's he's doing his own thing. He doesn't want to know what number six is up to. He doesn't care. He's doing his karate. Um, leave me alone. I said no interruptions. So he's not even passing the time. I think running the village is him passing the time between his his dedication to his karate i love that you've got him in a close-up and you can kind of see him wearing a gi but it's right at the end it cuts to a long shot and he's here like hack and like karate chop the wood in half <laughs> and sitting cross-legged in the in that huge room which has been cleared out so it's just like no furniture uh yeah amazing so random which of course <laughs> is amazing i think it's because this actual wing guards number two doesn't do that much ultimately he's he's not as much of a presence 
as, as most of the other number twos. So him having the karate chop is nice because it gives him some something. Yeah. And there's a lovely uh, tracking shot after when everyone's back to being pawns again, they track down and you've got the pawn like, you know, front and centre, nicely yeah. focused. I thought that was a little flourish. Yeah, 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 brilliant. Um, I also, we see number two's room um, and we see that no one is playing a role for number six, but all of the other characters in this episode are as they seem for once. Uh, so we are told 100% that number six's plan is definitely working because we mm -hmm. see number two talking to the underlings and without anyone else being there. So that's great. Um, and radio maker dude uh, has, has all this paranoia and that, that's his downfall. On the boat, six gets on board, finds that it's the village's boat. So he's like, fuck. Um, but he doesn't let that put him off. And he beats up like the sailors and he's all set. But then up comes Rover and we just see like number six is he doesn't he never gives up as number six. But his simple logic renders him done. He's like, well, you, it's like a bank robber coming face to face with Superman. You're done. You're done. Yeah. That's it. And, and you know, once you see Rover, you're fucked. And um, and then the board at the end is reset and the pawn is replaced. And it's it's great. Yes, uh, so yes. I, I wrote down like that moment where he realizes that the boat it, it could have easily been the clang end of prisoner episode yeah. moment, you know. But I just like that he stays and gives it an extra fight and then like yeah. yields to Rover like that. Made me happy. Yeah. It's good. It's like a double ending for us. It's good. It's so true. It's really true. And you get a bit of extra biff af biff dibab boo boo boom pinchy punchy 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 uh, right at the end on the boat as well, which is always good. Yes. Um, Marta actually observed after this episode that she really enjoyed watching the show a few years ago, but watching it the second time, for whatever reason, um, she's like beyond on board and she's not sure. My theory is um, once you see the episodes and you sort of you can step back and see the forest for the trees a bit. And I think you want and also it's like re-watching a film for the second time um once you know where where it's going you can sort of appreciate bits you know and how it all fits together more um and so maybe that's it and in terms of fitting together in this sense i guess i mean the the, the vibe the themes the style um yeah the character uh but, but all the characters yeah the the, the politeness which is just so horrible in terms of the threatening, passive, passive, aggressive. Yeah, so polite, which is pretty grim. So yes. Um, was there anything else from, from that episode? No, I think that I had the least notes on that one. So yeah, no, Great. happy to move on if you are, Sheps. Yeah. So episode nine, I don't know now, now, because I said episode eight, I'm all over the place now. So maybe it was seven, eight, nine. In any case, now we're into Hammer, into Anvil, which again is fantastic uh i love all of these three episodes but i suspect in my heart that hammer into anvil is my favorite of these three that we're discussing today possibly because it's the it's very simple uh it's it's all about basically it's it's not focusing on number six at all trying to escape it's he's, he's got a different mission in this episode which um which is again just different yeah. and nice um 
in the intro, by the way, another observation, are, are the filing cabinets where in at the beginning, his funny photo gets put in there and it's like, you know, resigned and all of that and resigned again and again, keep saying, but is it like a Raiders of the Lost Ark filing cabinet room where it's all resigned agents? In which case, are they all at some point, have they been in the village? Like everyone in these filing cabinets? Maybe. That's what it feels like, for sure. I was going to say Raiders vibes. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that is, you That's... know, Dutton was in there too. He's in the. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Um, that's like the very first line you um, is number two, who is so horrible, which again is deliberate, of course, in this particular number two, that he's so horrible. Uh, and he and it starts the very first line, number two's cheery voice. Why did you slash your wrists? Um, oh. And it's like, wow, like, aren't you not happy here? And it's over a shot of her bandages and stuff. It's like, wow, uh, that's that's pretty hardcore. It's straight in again, this one, isn't it? In another it's way. straight like, in. Know, yeah. He, this poor woman who has tried to kill herself and already been broken by the village and the information they're trying to get out of her is about the husband. And then number two shows the photos of you know um the husband being unfaithful to her it totally breaks her forever and then she jumps out the window and kills herself which is fucking shocking and when you actually you know number six runs up and he almost gets there but the two nasty goons stop him and she goes out and then you're like oh but then he looks down and yeah she's fucking dead because i mean i, I wanted to ask you Sheppy. That she doesn't have a head in that shot, from what I could see. Well, uh, it's her dress jacket, done, her jacket's done over the top. Her jacket's on top because to, to insinuate that her head has exploded like a cantaloupe at Jesus. the bottom, yeah. uh, but they can't show it, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's dark. Wow. And again, shocking. This number six, and even in the intro, when you see, like, I'm the new number two, and you see him, as you always see the new number two at that moment in the, in the intro, but he looks so slimy, like a really, really slimy version of Laurence Olivier, uh, I, I reckon, mm. this number two. Yeah. And the whole episode, therefore, is number two causes an innocent to break and to kill herself. And number two and number six is like, well, I'm going to get revenge and I'm going to I'm going to make you pay, basically. Yeah. And I'm going to break you and I will be the hammer and you are the fucking anvil so fuck you which is great and number two says like right after she jumps out the window and number two says to number six uh, somewhat hypocritically this is your fault you'll pay for this and number six looks at him and says no and there's a really long pause and he says you will and you're told right there what the episode's going to be and now we have the full focus of number six, his like that sharp, brilliant mind. And now it's just directed like a fucking laser on one specific task, really cool. the utter demolition of number two. Uh, and yeah, when, you know, that's, that's all, she, all she wrote, basically. Number two says, everyone has their breaking point and you are no exception. And number six just looks with his tiny, tiny smile. And you know, he's just thinking, neither are you, uh, which is great. Um, yeah. So, And uh, so that's lovely. Uh, I will just pause a moment if there's anything just from this sort of opening 
in the opening gambit i put when they collect him to take him so number two um for that for that exchange uh there's a great backwards dive to take number six's legs out from one of the goons it really appeals to me in that nice scene. the fight scenes for me is probably a little bit like that's where that you know that's where you could go and put the kettle on almost something yeah, i'm sure. to do that but you know what i'm saying that you know i know what you but, mean. but it's uh but yeah that was a particularly good little bit of choreography i thought and um yeah i just oh i just i just love it I love I love the plot. I love how you've summarized it, Shep. And um, I, I've just put as well. We're, we're almost there, so I think it's okay to say this bit now. But just uh, who wouldn't subscribe to a paper called Tally Ho? Come on, yeah, that would be my yeah. daily read. I'd subscribe to that on X, <laughs> Twitter, whatever. You know, I would be there. I'm on the Tally Ho. <laughs> Forget Al Jazeera. That's where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, everything that number six does to fuck with number two is brilliant. The records, the listening oh. to the different things. Uh, yeah, um, everything. And then, you know, playing little things, leaving the blank bits of paper. It's great that after they collect the bits of paper and he gives it to the scientist to like run checks on to find out the any hidden messages and so on. And we see again, it's like we see the lab um, and we see the scientist and the other scientist checking the sheets of paper um, over and over again before he has to report back to number two his lack of findings and it shows us that no one is playing a larger game here again uh, for once the only person who's playing a larger game is actually number six meaning number two is genuinely on the back foot and this scene you know just tells us that which is great and also the uh, the spanish quote uh, from quixote there is more harm in the village than is dreamt of which is um, just another nice line. And I also like that it's in Spanish and we're kind of just told out of, you know, just sort of casually out of hand that number two speaks Spanish. And I just like that. Like, I guess they're all from, they're all very well educated and I like it. Um, so that appealed to me. Um, Koshu, uh, Jimmy, Koshu. Uh, this apparently is an ancient Japanese uh, ritualistic fighting style with trampolines i love that uh, i challenge you straight into the trampolines it was amazing great. it's like yes yeah, bang and there's no reveal i mean the reveal is like there it is uh yeah, japanese style man. music holy shit uh, the bed <laughs> pardon talk about sexual tension between those two as well god bless. Well, that guy as well i want to give you a good dusting number six anytime <laughs> you like um, that guy's a cunt anyway, but yeah, the Japanese style music and uh, it's kind of like these weird alien games in like, for example, Next Generation where Riker is like, let's play this. And you're like, well, okay, it's the future and it's an alien game or it's a future game. In this, it does a Star Wars. It, it's like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. We played Koshu and it's done as if it's like this really like, oh yeah, everyone knows what this game is. And it's it, it's been around. It's not even a game. It's like this this discipline, um, which is wonderful, which apparently has more rules than that computer game in Never Say Never Again. So that's nice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and I think it's safe to say, Jimmy, the smallest of all spoilers, this is not the last time we see Koshu in this show. So you, you know, so don't worry. <laughs> uh, dare I say, the next time we see it, it might be a filler. Because they're like, what? What should we do for five minutes for an episode? But oh, that's no. that's 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 in the future. Um, I like it all. I also like <laughs> the the cuckoo clock 
bomb situation. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. And yeah. we see the goon bomb disposals and they're they're genuinely kind of, you know, as you would be, like a tense. Uh, Do you feel disposal is definitely kind of evolved from a bucket of sand in movies, but I do love that whole sequence. It's amazing. It seems to be like they seem to know what they're doing. I would say that, yes, if you have a dynamite, you know, a stick of dynamite or a clump, I think a bag of sand or a bucket of sand is the correct procedure. I'm going to go ahead and say, but who knows? Maybe it's like fucking Koshu. Maybe me being like, I know what to do. I saw it in an episode of The Prisoner once. Bang! What happened to Sheppy? Well, I always knew that watching The Prisoner would be his end. So yeah, maybe. We'll hold that thought and pass me that bucket of sand, but yeah, time will tell. I like it when they're dismantling the cuckoo clock just when number two enters and with the cuckoo sound um, going on. It's like, oh, he's having a two. play with it. He's loving it. And then, of course, it's like he's mocking number two, like cuckoo, cuckoo. And number two is like, oh, what do you mean? Which is great. <laughs> uh, losing his shit all the time at this point. Oh, and your boyfriend, that bloke who number six doesn't like very much. There's a fairly brutal fight between him and six in six's pad mm. um, with this lovely juxtaposing music, like this sort of nice relaxing music where they have this kind of unlike dare i say the fight scenes did booth that you've mentioned and yes you're not wrong but this fight was was proper it was you know it wasn't like from a long shot with stunt doubles and just done it was it was good it was pretty brutal like smacking into walls and stuff ending with the wanker going through the glass door so a good like punctuation to the fight which is nice no i enjoyed Uh, that too yes and uh, just the, the last thing I actually wrote another clean win for number six. He does, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's like Larry David when he gets a win, you fucking celebrate. Um, two is a broken fucking man, anvil indeed. Uh, so I yes, I have a oh, couple it? of extra bullets. Please. I just, uh, I like that he gets an extra little bit of detail there at the end with XO4, whatever that might mean, enigmatically. Yes. Um, I love the reaction of our um, butler as soon as, you know, number two's having his meltdown and he's seen it all and he will just, you know, hit, and he tells him to leave and he just closes the door to keep it in and all that sort of, I just, yeah. I loved all of the, the energy around that. It was lovely. Yeah. You know, um, I put, yeah. I love the look and feel of the record shop and the, well, that grocery, everything shop, you know, from this yeah. time and I, Fully expect Ronnie Barker to be the one serving him with ah. the deal of it. it. Makes me really happy. <laughs> and then uh, I just the only other thing I just put, and it's not really, it's just a thing I was reflecting on probably in the first half as I was watching it. Just I I can't decide whether I'm happy because I wouldn't necessarily want to see Anton Rogers or any other of the number two we've seen so far kind of show. The level of naivety into believing number six if you know what i mean yes. but it'd be interesting to have seen an established number two come unstuck you know what i mean like this with like but but you know you've got that level of evil at the beginning from him which sort of is the whole point of, of doing and I, I get that and yes you're right the, the i love the fact that it's a different number two with with very little callback and stuff and when they i mean in this case he's fucking dead one would assume he's this mm. number two is toast um, but also, like we mentioned, pixie evil female number two has probably got a job at the House of Commons or something, so she's doing okay. <laughs> but you're right, it, you know, 
the downside to it being a different number two each time is that it doesn't have it much time to build up some sort of relationship between them. But you could also say number six is the relationship of number two, generally speaking, is identical each time, more or less. Anyway, they achieve a lot so quickly, that, don't they, with their yes. body language and their engagement, and sometimes their eggs, yeah. and sometimes their little banter. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, you mentioned the shopkeeper, by the way, and I wanted to quickly mention it wasn't, it was a new shopkeeper because in the previous episode, the shopkeeper wanted to get off the island with oh, yeah. Radio Man, and they all get reconditioned and they all get fucked up, presumably. Now, again, I don't know if the order of episodes is how it was written how it was shot at this point i don't know but it seems to me very good continuity that it wasn't the, the, the usual shopkeeper and i'm going to keep my eyes peeled to see if the old shopkeeper makes a reappearance or if he's just fucking dead or reconditioned or whatever so yes yes a thousand times yes crikey bloody crikey um, so there you go, Jimmy. Um, was that was that does that summit? I didn't. You I'm know, I'm happy with that, Sheps. Absolutely happy with that. With a capital T at the end, not at the beginning. I like yeah. that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Great, <laughs> wonderful. So um, we we discussed briefly, just a little peek for the listeners behind the scenes. Um, we're going to do all of them. We weren't sure when we started this we were going to do every single episode, but there aren't many, and we're we're making very good time through this. So we, we're going to do this, and we're going to come up with little pitches at some point in the future, so there will be uh, more coming in the future for this, which I'm very excited about as well. Probably not until, I mean, again, this is dating it, but probably not till the new year at this point, but uh, it's been it's been a rollicking roll so far. I have to say, Jamie, very very tasty. So good job. So. That was a, a nice way. A rollicking with your rolled <laughs> McGowan R. I, I can't do a Sylvester McCoy and roll my R's though. I can do, but I can't transfer that into a into a rollicking. It's my Achilles heel. What a shame. We all have one of those. So yes, <laughs> lovely, lovely, Jimmy. So, were there any final thoughts, or is this uh, happy? I'm, 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 I'm happy to be seeing you. To be honest with you, Sheppy, I'm, uh, yeah, <laughs> overjoyed to that. I mean, I'm happy to be seeing you, and happy to be seeing everyone. Don't you know what that means. Thank <laughs> you.